0: i'm joey i'm carlene and i'm pete and this is triple the nonsense welcome back everybody how are we doing good joey how are you (laughs) i'm great this is definitely our first take recording this episode
1: (laughs) pete how are you doing i'm good too wildly amused wildly amused
0: um well welcome back to triple the nonsense this is our second episode in the education arc which is very exciting last week we talked a little bit about how we decided to go into education and this episode we're going to be focusing on our specific programs that we went to so what our experience was like going through our universities our programs how talk about how they may have differed from one another Um, and i'm talking the most because i'm hosting this episode so get ready (laughs) um does anyone have anything else to add before we just jump in? Or should we just jump right in? Let's jump right in.
1: Let's just jump right in. All
0: right. We love jumping in feet first. Um, so obviously, um, as most, most, a lot of people know, or if you're a high schooler listening to this, you'll at some point have to do this. There is the application process and like college search process before like actually getting into college and like going to a program. So I thought it'd be interesting that uh, we could each take a little bit of time talking about our own personal experience with the college application process and how we, like, you know, um, found a specific program that we thought would work well for us at whatever college we ended up going to. Um, So would anyone want to talk about that first? I can jump into it first. What do we think?
2: I'll go in and jump in on it. Um, Go for it. For me, I actually went and did some campus tours um, here in Arizona before I even – Consider trying to, um, apply for anything, um, for the program. Um, I looked at NAU, which is up north, um, in Flagstaff. And then I looked at ASU where it was, um, Tempe. So kind of our, our high, like, I don't want to say party city, but it was party city. Like everybody went there like Saturday nights and all that. Um, and I was really keen on going up North, wanted to move, go have that experience. Um, so I was very adamant that I only wanted to apply to NAU. Uh, but my parents like, no, you need more options just in case, you know, you need another place to go to. So we looked at NAU, we looked at ASU and U of A, which is down South in Tucson and i loved asu loved nau and was like i don't think u of a is for me so after the tours i went home um and just started applying i mean the applications themselves were like very like word driven and for me sometimes words are not my strong suit so, like, really having to dig deep and really answer the questions with, you know, fidelity and, like, really thinking about it was a lot. And I had my friends help me. My parents helped me. Um, it just, it took a while. But mm. I, I put my application <clears throat> into two colleges. I got accepted to both, um, but had to make the... Genius. Ch- <laughs> I had to make a choice, and I... Was very adamant about going up north, so I I chose Nau. Nice. Yeah.
1: I'll go next. Um, go for it. So I like I was a smart kid in high school, um, but like wasn't really pushed to like oh go visit campuses and like apply to all these colleges and stuff. So I really only applied to like two local colleges, uh, Western Michigan and Grand Valley. Got into both of them, and I also applied to Princeton. Because I was like, that makes sense. I'll just apply to two local colleges. And Princeton. Uh, did not get into Princeton. Um, which I was like, after I get the, like, the rejection letter, I was like, w- why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, ended up going. I got a, like a small scholarship from Grand Valley. But then like I didn't know anybody going to Grand Valley. So I was like, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go to Western. And I went to Western. Um, but I... like in hindsight, I wish I had actually applied because like I was a smart kid. I could have like really gone after some scholarship stuff and like applied for things, but I was just like a lazy eighteen year old goof off boy who was like going to take the easy way out. Um, but I really kind of like let myself down a bit. I think uh, not like exploring college a bit more before college mm-hmm. actually happened.
0: Right. Um, for me, I did take some time to like go uh visit a couple of colleges i know my i think it was sophomore year my high school had like uh the sophomore class like they put us at like random college visits and we just like visited a couple of random campuses just to, like get our brain started thinking about it um and then my i think it was junior year a buddy of mine was going to the university of connecticut he's like you should come hang out for a weekend and, like look around the campus and like see what you think so i like looked around there um but for the most part like Uh, When I ended up applying to colleges, it was more just like, um, I applied to a University of Maine because I'd been there for summer camp, and like I knew it kind of okay, and like my parents met there, so I was like, I should apply to U Maine. Um, I applied to the University of New Hampshire because I'd heard lots of good things about them and the music program, and then I applied to uh, University of Connecticut because my friend went there. Mm. Um, so I only I only applied to those three schools because um, growing up with not a lot of money, I was like, oh, these cost money to like send applications. I'm not gonna do a lot. <laughs> um, but the fun thing about wanting to go to school for music, um, in general is not only do you have to apply and get into the school, you also have to go physically audition and get accepted like based on your like musical talent, which is so fun. Um, so my plan, I was going to like take the fall to like pick music, like do lessons more and like get ready for auditions and do like, um, either like early action or like regular decision but like wait a little bit longer to like actually do the auditions because I wanted to be prepared and then my mom one day texted me when I was at school in like September and she's like hey I just set up your audition for UNH for like late October and I was like what (laughs) I'm not ready (laughs) um so I applied or I went and auditioned at those three schools I got into for music at UNH and UMaine and I did not get into music for UConn but that's because I like You know, when you like know how to do something, but then like when you go to demonstrate it, it's as if you've never done it before. Um, That's how that audition went. Mm. So, like, I walked out being like, I'm not going here because I just (laughs) knew. Um, So, really, it came down to like uh, money between uh, University of Maine and UNH. And actually, with like the scholarships that UNH gave me, it ended up being cheaper to go out of state there than it was to be in state in Maine. Mm. So, um, I wore this on purpose. I went to UNH and Uh it was great. (laughs) Um, So, here we are. And that was my application experience. Only applied to three schools, gotten to two, chose the one that had, in my opinion, slightly better music program. Yikes. And it uh, worked out financially. So all good things.
1: So do do they offer scholarships based on your performance at your audition though?
0: Um, It definitely, yeah. It depends on the school and the program. Like I know like UMaine, it was kind of just like the general thing. And I was like, here's like 500 bucks. And I was like, that's nothing. Um, But then UNH i know i think it was more based on how the audition went and there was i guess um like different brackets of like here's like the minimum amount you could get here's like a middle here's a high um and i remember the saxophone teacher there who i auditioned with he had emailed me being like hey do you know if you're going here and i was like i don't know i'm like waiting to hear about scholarships and financial aid and whatnot and he's like Hold on. And, like, the next day, I, like, got a scholarship offer from UNH, which was, mm. like, one of the top monetary values often, whatever. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going here, because, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it just worked out that way.
1: That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually left off part of my application experience, I guess, because I went to college twice. Right. Oh, uh, true. So, my bad. Um, so, like, went to Western, not for education, eventually. Uh, then I went... To, I, after I burned out of my old career, I had to go through the application process again, uh, kind of twice. I had to um, apply as a uh, to get like another like undergrad degree, basically, and then I had to apply to get into the master's program because uh, that was the fastest way to get your teaching certificate was to like go through the master's program, which was a two-year program versus like doing a full education bachelor's, which would have been four. So. Right. Uh I had to like basically had to apply 3 times. Um but the second two times like there was a lot easier like I think I went to Oakland University and both applications were free to put in. Hmm. Um and at that point like with with post back stuff they don't really just like you're going to pay for classes. All right, yeah, cool. Come come pay us.
0: Great. <laughs> Makes it easy peasy. Love yeah. that. Um so the next thing I think would be fun to talk about um, will will be to uh, have each of us describe what our college program was. Um, and Pete, since you did go twice for two different things, the education degree. <laughs> um, so you can, <laughs> you can uh, so like we can either like sum up sort of our like experience and like our experience in like certain classes how it went, um, or like how like your specific um, educational field like you thought may have like differed from others. We can kind of like however you want to best describe what going through your program was like um, to get you prepared to be the lovely teachers you are tonight. Um, (laughs) um, So does anyone want to go first or you want me to go first? Either way.
2: I'll go first again um, because my degree, um, I went for my, so, excuse me. Um, So when I applied to be in the college of education, um, they had just rolled out a dual bachelor's degree in elementary and special education. So I went ahead and applied to be within that bracket of um, the College of Education, learning both about elementary uh, elementary education and special education. So <clears throat> my program was kind of a lot of of both aspects. So I would have a semester of doing elementary, um, coursework, um, classes, basics, all that. And then another semester I would have, you know, based off my special education, um, part, um, I went through the program for my degree in, um, in about four and a half years, which is, is not very common. Um, but because of like logistics and everything going towards my program, um, I, I went a little bit longer, um, in college than, than normal, but, um, it was a lot of going back and forth between classes with elementary classes with, uh, special education. Um, and then my student teaching experience was, I was in, I was in an elementary school school setting. So classroom for the first eight weeks. And then I transitioned to a special education setting for the, the last eight weeks.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: and it was very interesting during that time, the differences in settings, in teaching styles. And for me, what I had learned in the classroom, like taking notes and whatnot, was vastly different them actually being in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So it was just a lot of, you know, hands on work um, towards the end before I graduated, which makes, made it a little bit more easier when I did go for student teaching. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So my, my, uh, college experience leading into education, um, I did, when I went to Western was initially going to be a math teacher and then just like deviating from the path. Um, mm. but when I went to OU, um, my first year in the college was just getting my bio degree. So it was like four science classes per semester with some of them with labs. Um, it was very intense. I was going to double major in, in biology and math. And then I was gonna have to do a, another year after that of just four math classes per semester. Mm. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Um, So then once I got my bio degree, I got into the master's program and that was exclusively night classes, which I was appreciative of because it was for people who um, it was that that program was geared towards people who uh, either are switching careers or just have a job during the day and can't do classes during the day. Um, Right. So it's mostly people like I was still on the older side, I think, of the group. Um, Yeah, I definitely was, Um, but wasn't the oldest, which was nice. (laughs) Um, and they're all like motivated adults. like when I was getting my bio degree, like I was in some classes as a 30 year old with 18 year olds. And I was like, Oh, we should form a study group. And then we have two very different studying styles and philosophies. Right. For sure. Um, so the master's program was actually really nice. And then we also, every single semester we had a field placement, um, So I did a field placement. Uh, My first one was at an alternative school, which at first I was kind of salty about because I had been a supplemental instructor at the college for biology and for physics. So I went from like thinking I was like hot stuff, like teaching college students, like going to teach at an alternative school. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to relate to these kids. It's not going to go well. Like I'm used to teaching very hard things. And then I got there and it was probably my favorite field experience out of all of them. Um, It's always good to eat some humble pie. Um but every semester we were at a different school so I had the alternative school I was at a school that was like very diverse it had a ton of different uh religions and races like it was it's was kind of like the amalgamation of everything it was a really cool place um and then my third one which is where I ended up doing my student teaching as well was at like a really rich school um but a pretty diverse rich school and they actually do this thing called like diversity day or diversity week, mm-hmm. charity week. That's the one. Charity week. Where they take charity, and the whole week they just spend the entire time raising money for this charity, and they raise over a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars for a charity, wow. which is remarkable. So, um, my my education program was very much a hands on, get in the classroom, um, experiential, like real look at what teaching is, and so I think that did a really good job preparing me uh, to be the teacher that I am right now. Cause now I think I'm a pretty good teacher.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And good. It's kind of going off what Pete had said, like so many, like after so many classes, I would go like practicum or field experiences like Pete, um, kind of mentioned, but it, it really does help you lear- learn and, you know, take insight on how different people teach in the yep. different areas that you go to and all mm-hmm. that so I
0: love that um my program I was tired all the time um so nothing's um, changed I, I mean true <laughs> I um obviously every school different is different like credit wise cl- course wise whatnot but at least I can speak for UNH most majors like um in a given uh semester, would have four classes for four credits, total of sixteen credits. That was like the normal workload. Um, uh, music education. It's like it's kind of in and of itself a double major because it's like you're getting the music degree but also the education degree. Mm-hmm. So like I think the least amount of credits I ever had was twenty, and I think the most was like twenty four. That's um, wild. Because in order to squeeze all the like all the stuff we needed in, a lot of classes, even though they are still three day a week for like you know, ca- classes would be like two or three credits maybe one like just so it would like fit in um so like my first year there it was mostly focused on like just the music aspect we had to take two years of theory functional piano ear training and then of course like taking lessons being like playing in groups and whatnot um my sophomore year there was a really fun course called ed 500 where they placed us in um an elementary school and like we were given like a different like section of instruments based on like what we played and uh like you know that like kind of was like hey jump into teaching go um and I thought it was really smart they did that the sophomore year because um some music education majors after doing that course were like oh maybe I don't like teaching maybe I just like the music part so some people would either change majors or just make it like just music performance or something um and then like junior junior year was more like a mix of the music classes but also like starting like the general education courses as well um and got like you know more and more difficult (laughs) and then um senior year was only one semester on campus the second semester was the student teaching um and I don't know about your schools because I know some people um when they did the student teaching placements like the program like picked the place for you and I was like hey you're student teaching here go sort of thing um but our program was like we know some people like like to live home for that last semester to save money so like you need to be within this radius of the school reach out to schools and like try to find a placement so it's like we had to like email and call like different like like schools wherever we wanted to go and be like hi like my name is Joey Hendricks I'm going to University of New Hampshire I'm looking for a student teaching placement like would like I'd be interested in working with you yada yada and like we had to set it up ourselves um which like I thought was just normal and fine. Like I liked the experience of re- actually having to like reach out and navigate for myself and like schedule it myself. And when I've told that to other like music teachers I know from other programs, they're like, "What? That's so much work." And I was like, "Yeah, but like I got to choose where I go- like where I went. Like it was awesome." Um, so like all of college was just like, oh. And on top of it, um, at the end of every single year, we had these things called juries, um, or is it every semester? Might have been every semester. I don't remember. It's been too long, so long. Where we had to prepare a couple of pieces to play in front of a panel of music teachers to get like graded on how like well we played, like as like kind of like the final for our lessons thing. So, on top of taking many, many classes and constantly playing and like doing lessons and stuff, we had like the way we rounded up the semester was like, hey, you got to like perform for us and we're going to hardcore judge you. And it was nice. <laughs> um, it was nice. Then, we're <laughs> going to judge you. Um, well, and then on top of it, at the, our junior and senior year, it's standard to have recitals. Um, so um, for my degree, music educators only had to do um, a half recital. Their junior year, which is like doing it, like sharing it with someone else and only having to prepare like a half hour of music. So, like an hour total, but with passing time, it's more, I digress. Um, and then we were only required to do a half recital our senior year as well, because it's like we also are doing all the education stuff. But most people, either out of stubbornness or just because it sort of became the norm, would do a full recital. So, like I did a half recital my junior year and then a full recital myself my senior year which my senior year, I had to take an extra class anyways, because I took an extra theory class my junior year, and I got, like, not behind, but, like, I had to, like, stack up extra classes for, we don't have to get into that specific, so, um, (laughs) (laughs) it was, um, really, really busy, but, like, I got so much out of it, because, Pete, sort of, like, you were saying how it was a lot of hands-on stuff, and, like, you know, and Carleen, you were saying the stuff you learned, like, more resembled stuff you would do in the classroom, like, the amount of, like, playing and practicing I had to do was, like, oh, like, I need to, like, know how to do all of these things like musicality to be able to effectively teach it so it's like like on top of like learning how to be a teacher <laughs> we also just had to like you know became better musicians so we could actually be like better music teachers for our students because you're not going to want to hire a music teacher who doesn't know how to play music right right like, it doesn't make sense
1: <laughs> i do remember like i'd go from like teaching in the science building and then like I'd, I'd when, like during the winter like i'd walk through the building so it wasn't so cold all the time um right and between the science building and the education building was the music building. And so I'd walk mm-hmm. through there all the time on the way uh, to the Ed building. And they were just always like exhausted musicians, like, like half asleep in the hallways of the music building. And I was just like, I feel you, man
0: yeah that's real like we in order to successfully do everything we needed prepare for our weekly lessons concerts recitals whatever like we would like have our like busy schedule where like a typical day i would have like anywhere from like three to five classes if not more every day um we have like, okay like okay i can quickly eat 20 minute lunch here and i have an hour to go practice before i have to go to that class so i can do this stuff for my lessons. so it's like whatever free time we had during the day we'd be like we got to find time to practice and then when I got older, I'd be like, I don't have time. I guess I have to practice from like seven to eight every night. Like <laughs> it just sort of just became the norm. And
1: time. that's what really prepared you to be a teacher.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Staying up way too late, doing work, being tired. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, love that for all of us. Um, the next few questions can be either quick or depending on how they turn into a discussion, could be longer. Who knows? Um, of all of the classes you took in college, and we can all take time to think about it because I have a couple in mind. Um, what was the hardest course that you took?
1: For me, I already know mine is it, uh, it was my physiology class, and not because like not because like the material is inherently hard. Because I mean, it was it was a I think it's like Bio 120. Like it was a lower level class, but just the the professor made it impossible, like. One, it was already, because it it's physiology, it's about, like, um, molecular interactions of, like, cell structures within the body. Like, it's already a little bit kind of, like, dry. Mm-hmm. But the class is also at, like, 2 o'clock p.m., so it was right after lunch. So everyone's kind of got, like, the lunch sleepies. He would turn all of the lights off so we could see the PowerPoint easier. And then, and this is going to date me a little bit, he sounded like Droopy the dog, but on a Quaelug
0: intriguing huh intriguing
1: yeah it was like it was like i sat in the front row and i still fell asleep more than once yikes cuz it was just it was so and i ended up getting like a c in that class i uh, it was brutal
0: mm, i hate that
2: um i think for me um this might have been my sophomore year of college and it was, I forget what the, the official title of the class was, but it was learning about like various disabilities. So it was part of my special education side of my program. Um, and it was just a lot to take in because there's so that the, the range of disabilities, the complexity of, you know, just the range. Um, was a lot and I became overwhelmed with stuff. My professor actually um, had um, a disability himself. Um, If I remember correctly, it was spina bifida. So he was in a wheelchair. He he used um, a helmet to type on his communication device. Uh, So in that sense, it was really interesting to see an adult with a disability teaching these young kids, um, about, you know, various ranges, um, of disabilities and everything like that, it just became a lot because just, again, that complexity of the range of, you know, disabilities out there. And I, I think to this day, I still have that textbook, but I probably, if I looked through it, some of the stuff could be so outdated. Um, right. but just in, just in that short time, that class was, um, for the amount of knowledge we were supposed to know and, and the facts of things that we needed to know, that was, that was probably the hardest out of that.
0: That sounds like a lot. <laughs> it was, <laughs> um, I'm going to cheat and talk about two classes, Um, (laughs) which if you want to talk about more when I'm done, feel free. Um, Because one has to do with within my major. And one was um, like an elective course, because we also had to take like classes outside of our major as well. Um, So like it was one of those two. But um, very long story, very short. (laughs) Um, I didn't have the best music theory experience my first two years of college um the teacher I had just kind of like wasn't it and like the final test I took after my second year of music theory was easier than music theory tests I had taken in high school so I was like I don't think I got anything out of this like I was like did I just like waste two years of my life with this in this class um so in the degree we had to take two years of music theory plus one semester of an advanced music theory course um so I took music analysis when I studied abroad in Italy because that was just like part of that program um so most people will do the two years of theory do that italy trip with analysis theories done but i was like i feel like i didn't learn enough so i took another advanced music theory course called counterpoint um and counterpoint is um uh, a music theory like uh different, like composition strategies but it's like within it there's like a different series of how to like write certain lines of music like with two notes or three notes or four but there's like very specific rules you have to follow in each series of counterpoint in order for it to be correct um and the teacher i had very smart very hard um and he was like if you like write out a line of music in a certain series of counterpoint if you make even one mistake zero like so it's like it was to be very specific really learn all the different series and like try not to get all the rules mixed up and all of that stuff and like most of us in class were like in fear of like failing it <laughs> like being like what if we make a mistake and like you know i took it as a junior i had some friends taking it their senior year and like we would all like work together and be like what's going on um i think i ended up with either an a minus so like very proud of myself but like it was very much like day one like hey here's this um if you make even one mistake zero on that assignment don't make it up and we're like
2: (gasps) oh that's intense Um, that is
0: intense it ended up working out and i got i got a lot out of it and i was like oh this was worth it i feel like i actually gained some knowledge from this class so (laughs) um so that was good and then the one i do want to talk about outside of my degree because it's kind of ridiculous and it makes me laugh (laughs) um my senior year um random quick tangent um in my music in my music degree uh, curriculum, we had to take, uh, I think, a full year of music history. Um, but for some reason, the campus wouldn't accept that as also counting towards, like, needing the like history elective credit. So, on top of taking, like, a year, or a year and a half of music history, I also had to take an extra, like, other history class for <sighs> a semester, which I thought was baloney. But I digress. <laughs> um, so, the only so a friend of a couple friends of mine took this class called history of sport and it fit into my schedule my senior year and they said it's easy and I was like great I'll take this easy class because I want to like be fine well either I had a different teacher or he taught it differently that class was not easy and it was a lot of like um we would do group assignments and stuff but like the groups I got put into like like they didn't want to like actually do a lot of like act like they like we worked together to write a group paper and they were like copying and pasting stuff from the internet and just like putting it in the paper. And I like volunteered to edit it cause I'm really good at editing stuff. And I was like, guys, like you, like you need to like, you know, if you have these things in quotes, you need to like credit and cite them. You can't just like take them I'm Like that's plagiarizing. And they're like, no, this is what the teachers like told us in class when you weren't here the other day. And I was like, he told you to plagiarize. And I asked him, he's like, yeah, just do that. And I was like, what's going on? So like my brain no offense to anyone out there who likes sports pete i know you like sports i'm not the biggest sport person Mm. um and i'm also not the biggest history person because i hate having to just like memorize dates for the fact of memorizing dates not my thing um so like i didn't do like i was in fear i thought it would be the first time i ever got a c in a class because i was one of those kids that never got below an a or b um so i like was like heading out of my senior year of college being like did i get my first c or even a d like am i gonna fail this class like it was like I don't know. My brain didn't wrap around it. I think I ended up getting a B, but like it was like history of sport. Wasn't it? I got put in (laughs) the worst groups and it was awful.
2: Let me just say, I'm sorry, Joey. I don't mean to cut you off, but
0: no, I'm done. You're good.
2: (laughs) Um, I don't know about you two, but I had to learn APA MLA format since college. I've never had to use it in my life.
0: Never once.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I only had to use citations when I was like, when I was a grad assistant going through my master's degree. Um, When we were like, when I was editing professors' manuscripts and then making my own. That's the only time I've ever had to use any kind of citation things as an adult.
2: I currently have a student intern from one of the local colleges. And she asked me to help her with APA format. And I said, just so you know, this will be the only time you use APA format. Because other than that, you don't use it unless you go back to school. Right. And she was like, really? I was like, yeah. I've only had to do it in my writing classes. And that's it. Like, it's it's those little things.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about math sometimes. And, like, this is not knocking math. I almost went to school to be a math teacher. Love math over here. <laughs> I, Pete, I know you also love math. But there are so many things that, like, I, you learn in math. Like, I've never used one since. I know how to do the Pythagorean theorem. I don't need it as an adult. <laughs> Unless you go into a field that's, like, has math involved like i haven't done math since i think my sophomore year of college
1: my counterpoint to that um because like kate was the same way um she hated math and she's like i'm a lawyer i never had like what it's like math one is about like learning how to do hard things because like whatever job you're gonna do you have to learn how to do hard things you want to be a good learner so you're practicing learning in math class but also a lot of math is pattern recognition Hmm. um and like, if you're going into something like law, which doesn't seem very mathy at all, if you can recognize someone's logic patterns, you can like find the error in their logic patterns. Um, so developing that skill to like find patterns is valuable in several other non-math related careers. So okay. my students are always like, oh, "I'm never going to use this." I'm like, "True, but you're going to learn to like use, or you're to you're use those muscles, so to speak, that you're developing." They're like, "Okay, fine."
0: That's a good answer. I'm using. I'm stealing that. I, take, I retract my previous statement. <laughs> <laughs> I use math. Actually, music and math are pretty linked, so I do use math. But mm-hmm. um, cool, fun. Love that. Um, so in college, we all took many different courses. It was many years. We had many different professors. Do you have one favorite professor that stands out, um, that like of all the teachers you had, specifically in college, um, like stood out to you as being a favorite? You got a lot out of that class. Maybe you just liked him as a person. Um, was there any one professor, and you don't have, you can name them or not, doesn't really matter, <laughs> that like sticks with you to this day sort of thing?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, it was my intro bio professor and also had her for my micro class. And is currently my supervisor at the college I work at. Um, and is currently also a personal friend of mine now. Um, mm. So, um, yes. Professor Hallower, you're my favorite professor. You already knew that.
0: <laughs> Not a secret. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I think my math professor that I had going through my elementary like math fundamentals class um, sticks out to me. Because... Mm-hmm. She like was blatantly like, you know, this is just one way that you could do it. You know, yes, we have to teach it to you this way, but if you fi- figure it out a different way, you still get the answer you're golden. And mm-hmm. I think that still sticks with me because even when I'm teaching math to my kids now, the way that the math book is telling me to teach it sometimes doesn't click with my kids. Right. So I go a different way about it, and it then it clicks. So it's like she was preparing me to be like, all right, if how the textbook is is telling you to teach it, if it doesn't work, go another way until they f- figure out what they what they can do and do it successfully. So I think yeah, that's really important. I love that
1: because um, like you have like the the prevailing meme for education is like. Well, when I was a kid, I did it this way. Now my kids are having these crossy lines. I don't know how to help them out. It's like, you need to be flexible in how you understand math. Um, Because they could come out with an easier way to do things. Um, So, like, why not go with the new cool easy way versus, like, the old hard way where we memorize stuff?
0: Yeah. I, you took the words out of my mouth. I think one of the most important things about being an educator is the ability to be flexible. Um, I remember, I'm going to go on a quick tangent. In One of my uh, general education courses, um, we were asked to like, write a paper and like use the you know text and resources and the idea um like what we think like one of the most important foundational parts of education education is i think this was my junior or senior year so i like actually had a clue at this point um and i wrote like a whole paper about like being flexible and how like being flexible is the most important because carlene exactly like you said if you teach something one way and most of the kids get it great but there might be a handful of kids that like just learn differently or just don't understand exactly how it's explained. And if you just go like, if you're just rigid and like, well, no, it's just this, like just figure it out. That's not going to help them. Right. You have to be flexible to explain something in a different way. And yes, a lot of the time that's like spur of the moment and you can like, and you can plan ahead, but sometimes something just like won't stick. Even if you explain it like four or five different ways. So you have to be flexible. Um, Love that.
2: That, that, that word will continue on to be my, my word in my teaching career that's one of the <laughs> most important
1: like... traits for a teacher
2: so yeah, that's literally how
0: i live my life like i have never been a teacher that's like writes like very strict like step-by-step lesson plans like for me it's like concepts here's what we're gonna try to learn but like it might not go the way i planned because every class and every kid's different so like you got to be ready to just go right. with the flow in the moment like that's just how it is ah I could talk about that for an entire episode. We won't. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> Actually, no, I have to answer the question. Um, I, <laughs> I The thing is, it's so hard for me to pick one favorite professor because I could honestly talk about 10 different professors I had. Because a lot of them I had for two, three plus years throughout college because they taught like one level, but then would teach the next in the department. So a lot of teachers I had for many years. Um, I could easily pick like 10. I'll pick, however, um, uh, his name's is uh, Dr. Boysen dr boys and junior technically um he um while i was there was the one who conducted the wind symphony he taught um the conducting courses and he also worked a lot with like the conducting graduate program but uh one of my favorite parts of being a band teacher just is conducting and like running a rehearsal a band rehearsal I'm like that's that's the bread and butter is rehearsing a band mm-hmm. like yes i love the other courses i teach like piano guitar music comp like those are great but like the bread and butter of like why i went into it is like band band rehearsals um so i took the required year um two semesters technically of conducting with him and another teacher who taught it who i also adored like the most um but he also offered advanced conducting courses that you did not have to take but it was optional so more reasons why i got behind my program i also took an extra year of advanced conducting with him because i just loved him so much i'm still very passionate about conducting and like how like um, some people would like just do this and nothing else and they just show time and that's great whoa and that's great but like there's so much more there's more nuances to it to help like get more out of kids and help like actually make a rehearsal effective that like i just latched onto so hard and i was like this is the best Um, he also, I think it was my junior year. Um, another university had reached out to him like being like hey we're hosting this like music educator conference like um we want to like extend to you on an offer to like select one student to like they can come to the conference like everything paid for free like it, your recommendation they just have to like pay for their own food like show up kind of thing um and out of all of the fantastic other people in my program and who were like because i think my class of music educators was like a bigger class we had like probably 20 plus people for that department that's big um but out of everyone he could have picked he picked me and he was like hey like i'm extending this to you first Do you want to go to this conference you'll get a lot out of it yada yada. and i was like wait why are you picking me because you know self-confidence mm-hmm. issues <laughs> um so i think like that also just like gave me a huge boost and i was like oh my gosh like he out of everyone picks me to go to this conference like this so that like obviously definitely like stuck and really helped like shoot him even higher on the praise list than he already was <laughs> so um Again, I could talk for an hour about other teachers, too, but I won't.
1: <laughs> I love that Like um, when you were talking about advanced conducting, you were conducting so hard with your hands, you hit your microphone stand.
0: Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> if you're watching the video, you saw that. If you're listening, I'm not going to be able to edit that out. Deal with it. It's
2: fine. <laughs> Joey, quick question, um, because yeah. I know you mentioned like conducting and music, and that's your thing. Um, mm-hmm. Did you ever participate in your coll- college's marching band?
0: I did. Um, I did marching band in college, my sophomore and junior year. Freshman year, long story short, the transition from high school to college for me was like rough and scary. And like as much as I like was passionate about marching band and did it for five years in high school, I like was so scared going into college of everything. Like, the transition, I was like, I don't want too much my plate. I'm not gonna do it. I regret it to this day. But I didn't do marching in my freshman year. Did it sophomore and junior year. And then my senior year, because I had to take extra classes, I was doing a full recital. There's so much on my plate. I was like, I have to take something off my plate. Uh, unfortunately, that was March band. So I didn't do marching band my se- senior year, and i still sad about it, but it was the correct choice. But um, I think you're leading as like, oh, were you drum major? I was drum major my junior year in college. Um, I did trumpet my sophomore year just because I wanted to like, switch it up and like not only play saxophone 24 hours a day. <laughs> um, and then... Which was so funny because because obviously I wasn't the best trumpet player there because I'm a saxophone player. Like everyone assumed, like oh that's Joey, like he's the jokester, like you know not a great trumpet player, but like who's he's great. And then like halfway through the marching band season, some people were like, hey like what's your like major and in, like instrument again? And I was like, oh I'm a music educator, I'm a saxophone major. And they're like, what? You don't play trumpet? I was like, no. You think I'm a music <laughs> major on this instrument? No. Have you heard me play? <laughs> um, I wasn't bad. I, I wasn't bad. I just wasn't like you know mm-hmm. yeah the tr- whatever whatever. I digress. Um. So when I auditioned. For drum major, at the end of my sophomore year, um, like part of it is I was also a drum major for two years in high school, and like had a lot of experience and what and whatnot. Um, so normally they pick like three drum majors that like switch off who goes on, like on which big podium and whatnot whatever, but when i auditioned they still picked three drum majors but they made me head drum major so i was in the middle the entire time and the other two. Hey.
2: You know, and i was like
0: hey, hey um no one expected it including me because i kind of went into the audition unprepared like yikes um but it worked out but it was so fun because one of my best friends trevor was also a drum major and we just like had a blast it was so great shout out to trevor i love your face um so i only have one more question and it's I just had a complete brain fart. I have one last question, which I think (laughs) time-wise works great. (laughs) Um, If And this could be as short or as long as you want, because this could just be a one-word answer and then done. Um, If you could go back and change anything about your college experience and or the program you picked or anything, would you?
2: Yes and no.
0: Elaborate. I'm intrigued.
2: Yes, because (laughs) I took – I did marching band my – freshman and sophomore year, but because of Mm -hmm. my scheduling and how my program worked out junior and senior year, I couldn't do it. Mm. So I felt like a lot during my junior and senior year, I was overwhelmed. Like I could, I didn't have an outlet that I did my freshman and sophomore year, um, that I can lean on. So that is kind Mm -hmm. of like the only thing that I kind of wish I could do differently is having that outlet again yeah. um, and doing color Similar guards experience. and all that. So, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I think I would have yeah. gone back to school earlier than I did.
0: Mm-hmm. And you could have been a teacher even longer.
1: Yeah. And if I did that, I could have done math too. Which, I mean, I do tutor math a lot right now, especially because my school's missing a lot of math teachers. Because um, mm.
2: you also played Nerdle.
1: Nerdle. I mean...
0: Shout out, not a sponsor, <laughs> but for free. <laughs> Um, But
1: no, I would have had more time because I just didn't want to, like, put off a new career a whole extra year, a whole extra very hard year. Because, like, it would have been, like, Calc 2, Calc 3, all kinds of, like, theoretical math stuff. And I was like, this would be a very intense year of math classes. And I was like, I don't feel like doing that. So I could have, like, taken more time. Um, But I'm happy. I I love teaching science. I do like science more than math. Um,
0: I was gonna say you're the science guy. I'd hope so.
1: <laughs> I, I get a, I get to play mathy a little bit with physics, uh, so it's all good. I'm I'm happy where I'm at. That's fair.
0: Um, Carlene, I'll quickly echo because your experience with the marching man was what I like expl- I described. I wish I had done it my freshman year. Um, I feel like my senior year, I probably still would have made the same decision to like take it off the plate because I was so busy. But like, I still also wish I could have. Like the had the flexibility to make it work and do it my senior year, like I could have, I just wouldn't have slept and I would have been miserable. So, not because of March man, because you know the schedule. Um, I will say the one thing I would really go back and change is that I think around my sophomore, maybe early junior year, our department was like, hey, like we're offering this new thing now. Um, if you do your degree in five years instead of four, um, you'll get a dual bachelor's and master degree um and like looking back I wish I had done that like especially like where I am now financially in the economy and ah ha 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 the pandemic um like having a master's degree pay would be lovely Mm -hmm. but at the time like I'm the type of person that like obviously I love being in the moment being where I am but I'm also especially when I was younger was like always like so ready for the next thing so as much as I loved college and I miss it and I do like by like middle of my junior year I was like I love this but I really want to go teach like I'm so ready I want to get out there and I'll be a teacher like I got to do this um like even the idea of like taking a sabbatical now to like go back to college I'm like no I gotta find an online program for a master's like I don't want to leave like I love I love my job I want COVID to stop making it hard so um I wish I had done that five-year program um so I would have just left with a bachelor's master and then here we are but oh well um so I loved the program so that wasn't like a thing my like, master's was program
1: to was geared for people like that though. So like it true, was just evening true. classes. So those those programs out there do exist.
0: Right. I just need to like actually do research. I started to before COVID and then haha. So <laughs> like having to focus on remote learning, I was like, "Masters can wait. <laughs> like there's a lot going on." <laughs> um so does anyone else have anything else to add or cuz those are all the questions I had planned and we're almost 50 minutes in. So like we've been crushing it <laughs> at this point.
2: So Joey, all you have right now is a bachelor's? Correct. Would you go for your master's?
0: Yeah, I want to. I want to start looking into um, online programs, like take a class or two during the year to like eventually work up to it. Um, I also like had started looking into it in, I think, 2018 um, because our school obviously like can pay up to like a class or two per year per teacher. <clears throat> but that year when I started looking into it, our superintendent sent an email to the district being like, hey, too many people are like going and like taking college courses right now. So we're actually out of money. So we can't have any more. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> and then oh. um, it just like hasn't worked out since. But like, like once I get past this current stage of my life of like trying to purchase a home, um, I will then spend the more time looking into like online master's program and figuring that all out um, is part of the plan for sure. Um yeah. So, before we end this episode, um you might remember last week that we started reading off responses to the questions that we ask on Spotify and or um like from Instagram or anything. Um so, uh I have a couple here from um Spotify. If you don't mind, I can read off and if you also have others you have found, you can read them too. Um but Uh, our hard truth nonsense episode a while back um, we asked the question who do you turn to for help if there's something going on in your life Um, and our dear friend Iona shout out to Iona Mm -hmm. um, responded with well I don't really tell anyone in real life but I'll turn to teachers and young workers because they bring me joy Um, online I'll turn to the closest people to me so um, really just trying to find like the closest people and also like teachers because hey (laughs) um, we're really good at helping folk um and then also the other one i thought was fun um in the taking care of your nonsense episode um we asked uh what is something you like to do to help you relax that's good for your mental health um and dana says i do a lot of reading and going for walks which i think a lot of us do (laughs) like Mm. those are the good things to like clear clear our heads um so if you want to get a shout out answer some questions on the spotify because it's so fun
2: Yeah. And shout out to Iona and Dina for answering those questions. Um, I know we've also been seeing some great questions on the YouTube channel as well. So we'll start pulling those as well. Um, but we hope you guys kind of enjoyed this episode. We're taking it back to the three of us for a little bit. Um, but if you guys enjoy us, make sure you follow all of our social media. Triple the nonsense podcast on Instagram, and Triple the nonsense on TikTok is where you'll find us. All of our all of our social media personal TikToks are in the bottom of the video description, along with the anchor and Spotify. But, fellas, anything else?
0: Um, no. <laughs>
2: We're crushing it. We're crushing (laughs) it. On that note. (laughs) I'm Joey. I'm Carleen.
1: And I'm Pete.
2: And this was Triple the
0: Nonsense, and we'll see you next (laughs) time. My God.